away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Panthers back on home ice. Didn't get the homestand started the way they want to, but hey, they're back on home ice. So four more home games to go on this home stand at the time of this recording. So we'd love to see you out at FLA Live Arena tomorrow at 7. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow at 7, Thursday at 7, Panthers and the Blue Jackets. And then Saturday at 1230. You don't want to miss that one. The Panthers have the Oilers come to town. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, 954-835-Puck to get your tickets. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you. And coming up, we've got a new spin on the mailbag segment it'll be hosted by somebody making her territory talk debut you'll know her as gina from marketing gina from marketing is going to stop by in just a little bit and she will uh help us with the mailbag segment we'll have predictions later on as well jameson if i can start the show with one topic because we aren't going to talk about too much here on this because the mailbag goes mailbag the mailbag requires a lot of time it was a big bag and you're going to enjoy it there's a lot it was spirited but if I can get into one thing, I appreciate, folks, that you want to win every game. But the team's 35-11-5. Don't lose sight of that. Big picture. Everything's going to be fine. I know the homestand didn't start the way that uh, you wanted to, but uh, they'll bounce back. I said it on the broadcast last night. I'd hate to be the Columbus Blue Jackets coming in here on Thursday night. <laughs> After we've already scored 17 goals against them yeah. this season. Yeah. It was, at the same time, though, the Blue Jackets are going to come in and try and flip yeah, the they, script on that. They exactly. Could, yeah, so that's, that, that's going to be an interesting game. Both teams really wanted that one. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game here on Thursday, FLA Live Arena. But like you said, Doug, yeah, I mean, that road trip was incredible. The, the wins they got against the Hurricanes, what they showed there, winning a tight game against a team they could see in the playoffs, uh, you know, taking care of business against the Wild Men. Looking back, the Panthers in their history before, you know, this season, and it started a little bit last season, or should I say the season before uh, the pandemic, um, you could never imagine beating the Wild 6-2 in their own building for, if you're the Panthers. That, that that was a house of horrors. That was a terrible for place. For a decade plus. Yes, and now the Panthers can roll in there and put up six, and that just, once again, shows you how good this team is. And it was just another day at the office. And then the Blackhawks game, that easily could have been a trap game, last game of the trip after two big wins, after two exhausting kind of emotional wins, but they find a way to win that one as well. They're flipping the script on the road. You know, that, that was the road woes were kind of the, you know, one of the few red flags earlier in the season where guys were saying, you know, we're amazing at home, but we want to be better on the road. They're getting better on the road. They're seven two and over their last nine uh you got to be happy with that and then first game after a road trip it's always a coin flip it's the toughest game probably you play in terms of scheduling those first games back from uh, road trips and they were in control for a lot of the game all their numbers at five on five were, were dominant um a couple mistakes here and there and that's what andrew burnett said when we talked to him uh after this morning's practice here on wednesday at fla laverina was basically the panthers thought they could turn it on and off more than they could uh, and when they did turn it off the, the Predators just took advantage, and um, that's going to happen. It's a lesson learned for these guys, but no one, no one's sweating it. Like you said, no one should sweat it. None of the players are sweating it. Bruno's not sweating it. It's a learning experience, but you're not going to win them all. But that's even why I asked Sam Bennett after the game. I said, you know, the old saying, you, you know, you can't win them all, but when you're as good as the Panthers are right now, like, do you feel like you should win them all? And he said, he said, we, we do feel like we should win them all, and we want to win them all. And it's not going to happen every night, but that mentality is exactly what you want to have. And... 
I think sometimes losses can be good, especially for a team this good. Um, you got to take the bump sometimes. You got to learn sometimes. And I think, like you said, we're going to see a good response against the Blue Jackets. But overall, it's just weird now that when the Panthers lose a game, we have to like hold, hold a summit and talk about, like, nobody panic. This happens. This happens sometimes for, for teams. But You'd rather have a learning experience on February 22nd than in Game 2 of the yes, playoffs but, in the first round. Uh, yeah, we're, we're spoiled. This team is so good. It's been such a good season. So moving on. Moving on. Everything's going to be fine, folks. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Jameson, should we just dive right in? Let's dive right in the mailbag. Give us a long mailbag. We did a lot of stuff. Long mailbag. Covered a lot. We thank everybody for the questions. If you don't hear yours, if you want to ask a future question, at Doug Plagans, at Jameson Cooper. For now, let's get right into this week's mailbag segment. Well, much anticipated. We do this every so often. We opened it up for questions on Twitter. It's a mailbag segment, folks. There are some questions from Twitter, some questions from Some emails and Facebook messages, too. Yeah, different ways of communicating. People know how to find me these days. They know how to find you. I think they know how to find me. You can always tweet us, at Doug Plagans, at Jameson Coop. So if your question didn't get in here, send it again sometime, or send another one sometime, or send a question sometime if you haven't. And maybe we'll get to it on a future episode of Territory Talk, which is always is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, well, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you, but we have a special guest here with us to, I guess, keep us in line during this mailbag A third segment. party. Things can get a little bit heated at times when we get through the questions. You know how Jameson and I get into the heated arguments and debates at times. I don't know if we had heated. I wouldn't call them heated. Debates, but we have spirited, maybe. <laughs> Gina from Marketing here with us. Joining us for the first time on Territory Talk. First, Gina, want to give you a chance to say hello to all the folks out there. Thanks for stopping by and, again, for keeping us in line today on Territory Talk. What is up, Cats fans? You would die if you saw the big grin on my face sitting next to these two legends, okay? Like, I have been begging Jameson to get on this podcast and I am super excited to be here reading the mailbag questions for you guys today. Just so our listeners know, Gina's desk is about 10 feet away from mine and every time Doug and I record the podcast, we do get a look from Gina, kind of like a kind of like a puppy when you when you go near the door and the dog gets excited they're about to go somewhere. Like you give us that look when we do the podcast and we've always just kind of said, you know, not today, Gina. It's not today, but here we are. Today is the day. You're making your territory talk debut. This is uh, you haven't been here that long, so let's say this is maybe a year in the making, shall we say. But yeah. it's a long time in the making, and I think you're going to do a great job. I, I believe in you. You guys don't even understand when Jameson DM'd me podcast Wednesday. I was screaming. It was like the bat signal. It was, it was the most... I was on a plane at the time coming back from Aspen because we have to throw in that I just went to Aspen. On <laughs> our, the pod. our listeners need to know that Gina just went to Aspen on vacation. This is a big part of her, her 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 character trait, I would say. Yeah, it's now a part of my identity and it has become a running joke in the office. But I was on the plane coming back and I'm like, I don't care if this plane doesn't even get me back. I will drive back to Florida. I need to be at the office on Wednesday. Just to record the mailbag for all of you guys. Harry and Lloyd drove there. Yeah. Get a little planes, trains, and automobiles as well on the way back. Mm -hmm. It's whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get on Territory Talk is what Gina's ready to do. So, Gina, here we are. We have questions in front of us. I printed them out for you. We know we usually don't print them out, but I wanted to make this as easy as possible for your debut. So we have some questions, like I said, from Twitter, from Facebook, from, you know, wherever, however people wanted to get them to me, they got them to me. So we got, you know, maybe 10 questions or so here. A little bit of everything, as usual, on ice, off ice. 
nothing too crazy. So let's just go right away, Gina. Let's just let's ease our way into this and go to question one at the top of this list. What, what do we got? Okay, you gave me like the podcast for dummies version. Not the podcast for dummies, but the training wheels are on uh, a little yes, bit. Yes, there are there are handlebars. <laughs> so. <laughs> So question number one, at Trainboy100, do you ever find yourself wishing you were down in the stands with the fans instead of up in the press box? That's Noah in North Miami Beach. Yeah, that also rhymes. So that's, that was a tongue twister for you early on. In the stands with the fans. It? No, I like it. I, I like it. It's a good one to get your feet wet there. Yeah. I like it. Every little, second little intermission. Little toe dip in. Yeah, a little dip. Noah in North Miami Beach, he's a frequent uh, contributor in the world-famous Twitter segment every second intermission of every Panthers radio broadcast. So, uh, Noah, thanks for chiming in. Here in the mailbag, I go to a lot of sporting events. I do sit in the stands and enjoy it. When I'm at a Panthers game, though, home is the press box. So You don't miss the stands? Like, you would, you don't want to watch a game in the stands? No, I like the press box. I like the broadcast booth. See, on the opposite, I've not probably seen a Panthers game as a fan since, like, 20... 12 or 13 maybe so it's been a long time and i miss it a little bit well, probably a lot bit because you can drink when you're in the stands it can really let loose we don't do any of that in the press box we just eat little meatballs and have a lot of coffee which is i guess gives you the same kind of rush sometimes but uh, overall i think i would love to do it and i maybe down the road there'll, there'll be an opportunity but right now obviously we, we got to work these games we got to be up there in the press box but i do love that feeling of being in the stands especially at fla live arena where i know half the people I walk past here and there's a lot of great fans down there to cheer with but I feel like we can also get Gina involved in this one because Gina in marketing you do roam the stands during games quite a bit what's it been like you know down there this season oh yeah this is actually a really great question for me because like little side note backstory like growing up I was a Panthers fan I am only 22 so coming here as a fan like originally not being in like the whole working aspect of it has totally changed my perspective because I remember like coming down here when I was younger getting so excited and it would just get rowdy and you're letting loose and you're running around the arena up and down like trying to find food and everything and your friends and now working and being a fan and also being someone who's like also on the clock it's like a totally different experience but now I observe all the things so I kind of I don't like being in the stands as much as I used to because I kind of took away like the specialness because I'm always like oh, the LED's off or this is off <laughs> or something like that so I guess like I love the energy of the crowd I love that we're getting bigger crowds and everything like that but I think being in work mode it's kind of hard to your fan when, when the fan that. goggles come off it's hard to put them back on yeah, you really have worked is. in sports once you've worked in sports you never look at it the same way and I'm not saying that in a negative sense yeah. I'm just saying that your eyes become open to a lot of the inner workings of things mm -hmm. and a lot of the different strategy of you know how things are constructed mm -hmm. how things are yeah, presented. even when we're at like Marlins games if I see them do something like Jumbotron I'm like oh I'm gonna bring that back into a meeting that was cool right. like you, you look it, at it, it from a, a business the way that you view, view. things and uh, I, I understand I understand uh, where you're coming from on that like I said I I go to a lot of sporting events I have a trip every summer that is that is based on going to baseball games and I like to sit back and relax. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me at a Panthers game, if I weren't in the broadcast booth, it wouldn't feel the same. Gina, I think that was a great first question. Thank you, Noah. And we had differing views. Yeah, thank you, Noah, for yeah. that question. That was a great Noah, North way to Beach. get to ease Gina into this process. So, Gina, down the list now, number two. At Ethan Bass 15, how do you ask players to come on the show? 
We put in a request through the Great Panthers Public Relations Department. Or if they're like Gina, they just ask us every day if they can be on the show, which is big. You got to be Mackenzie Weegers at that point. Actually, he's always because he has a title to defend. That's why. Okay, weather with Weegers is taking off. Yeah, what Weegers is starting to build a program outside of us. (laughs) Weegers was like, if you're not going to put me on the pod, I'll do it on the Instagram stories. And that's going to turn into a competing podcast focusing on weather and the Panthers, and it's just going to run us out of town. So we, that's why we have to get Weeks back on there. We can't let him get too big outside of the pod. Or we're going to need to ride his coattails. Yeah, like <laughs> like Doug said, it's a pretty simple process for us. We identify who we want to come on. It's usually a little bit topical of like this guy just did something cool, but a lot of the time it's also just spreading guys out. Yeah, or this guy's new. Uh, we want to give the fans a chance to learn a little bit more about this guy. We haven't had so-and-so on. It's been a while for this guy. That's what inspires it. And then we put in the request, keep things in the proper channels. And that's how it happens. Yeah, but the PR department, you know, God bless them. They they help with everything. They, do they, a great they facilitate job. everything. Uh, but that, that's also why you notice we never really get you know the same guest within a, a quick span of each other because we do like to spread it out. So even if we get Anton Lindell on and he scores a hat trick two weeks, two weeks later, we're not getting him back on. We're gonna wait. We'll ask him about that when we get him on you know seven weeks later. But we don't usually like to group up guests too much like that. But um, one other thing I'll say on that is I, we like Doug said we do like to get guys that maybe are a little. A little different sometimes. We do get the Barkovs and the Huberdos and the X, but I remember when we got like Kevin Connaughton on earlier this season. That was the first time he said he'd ever done a podcast, and he was super stoked. So we do also like to you know peel back the curtain on guys that maybe don't get the press from NHL Network or the Hockey News or Sportsnet. They, they don't get the stories every day. The guys that maybe you learn a little bit uh, of stuff you didn't know before, like Lucas Carlson. I think was great for that recently. Yep. We did so uh, those kind of guys, and of course the territory talk bump is also real, and I think guys are starting to realize that if you come on the show. The following week or two, you put up numbers out there on the ice. Yep, there's a there's a positive uh, a positive effect from it, and it gives us a chance to, as you said, learn a little bit more about these guys. They all have interesting stories, and in you know on a radio broadcast or something like that, something with time constraints, there isn't always a way to tell that whole story. But here on Territory Talk, we try to do that, and I think it uh, this form allows us the opportunity to do that. Gina, so, if we could get one current player on here, who would you want to like listen to us talk to? I want to see you guys interview Sam Reinhart right now. We've had him on. We've had him on yeah. this season. This season, all right. Yeah. Well, but that was before I, that, season. That, that was Panthers. that was before, that was before the season. That was before he really took off. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Before he took off, because not only is he playing well, I just want to hear about his throwdown in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> guy. We do his need first the NHL fight. We do need to hear the story there. I think it was his first fight, like since dating back. I think he had one fight yeah, in the one WHL. Fight, yeah, I looked it up right after it happened because I love I love hockey fights. Yes. Unashamed. Yeah. To admit. I love fights. And I just love knowing that a guy spent 500-plus games in the league and just never felt that urge, and then that one game. He had one fight in the WHL, and it was against Josh Morrissey, who's a longtime NHLer. Oh, he was interesting. Sam was playing for Kootenai, and Josh Morrissey was playing for Prince Albert. So that was the only other fight listed unofficially. The folks at had some, unoffic- some unofficial scraps behind yep. ranks after games. Yeah, Sam Reinhardt had like, you know, a little rage going up in Chicago, and that's a side we've never seen of him before, so I would love to get his uh, take I, on that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put that in our back pocket for when we do get him on. We definitely are going to ask about that because the fans want to know. Yeah, Gina's the voice of the fans. If Gina wants to know, everyone wants to know. Oh, God, they're all going to like tweet at me. And I don't <laughs> even have a Twitter. <laughs> they're going to be like, you are the voice of reason. All right, Popular question number three. There, uh, that was Ethan. I'm guessing his name's Ethan, at Ethan Bass 15 Thanks, Ethan, for the question. Uh, what's next, Gina, for marketing? Josh T, if the 2020 NHL draft was reheld today, where do you think Anton Liddell would be picked? Do you think when? Is it when in the lineup? When, where, 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 we, we, we understand. Yeah. We understand what they're going for there. So looking at do you this. Want me to redo it? No, that's great. We got it. 
One okay. take, Gina. One take wonder. One okay. take wonder. So looking at this, first of all, let me preface it. with, And, and the question is saying right now. So I'm going to say right now. I don't believe that you can fully evaluate a draft. You're drafting 18-year-olds. A lot can happen for a hockey player from age This was also a pandemic year, 18-year-olds. Yes, development was different. Seasons across junior hockey, different leagues everywhere. It was all different. A lot of development was stunted during this process in all sports. You really can't formulate an evaluation on a draft until the players are about 22 years old. You're drafting them at 18. So we still are not in a position to, I don't think, fully evaluate this draft and the full development process that all these players have undergone. Also, I always love when, t- when you hear, oh, this team loved their draft, and this team loved their draft, and this team loved their draft. On draft day, everybody loves their yeah, draft. Yeah, that, that, so, trade, like trade deadline yes. grades and draft grades, we love them. They're fun to read, but they mean nothing. Everybody loves it when it happens, or you wouldn't do it. Yes. So... But the question is, if it was held today, where do you think Anton Lindell would be chosen? So he did go 12 to Florida. He went 12th. Conservatively, he would at least, he went 12th, he would at least go into the top six. And I think you could make a case for him, Jameson, right now going in the top two, because as far as impact contributors right now, it would all depend on, do you want a well-rounded centerman who can play right now, who can be a facilitator like an Anton Lindell and contribute in every situation? Or do you want a guy who looks like he's going to be a sniper and potentially score 40 goals a year in Lucas Raymond? I think those are the two guys. The wild card is Askarov, the goaltender that the wild took. I'd also say Sanderson and Drysdale are wild cards. They're both going to be great defensemen. Yes, and, and defense is hard to evaluate. That's, again, why it's hard to fully evaluate this because these players are still so young. And with defensemen, it often takes a little bit more time. So again, it would depend on... Do you want a defenseman? If you want a defenseman in that top pick, changes the way you'd go about that. Top four or five is where I would say you put Anton Lundell maybe as high as number one, depending on what you want, maybe number two. But yeah, top five conservatively. So even in the first round, there's never guarantees with any of the picks. You never know. You you, you do all the research you can, but you never know where a guy's going to be in five, six, seven years. But right now, like you said, Anton Lundell, 20 years old, 35 points in 47 games, uh, primarily as a third-line center, you know, not getting a lot of power play minutes, a little bit on the second power play lately, big on the PK. Um, So right now, that number is the most out of anyone in the 2020 draft class this season. Not total, because some guys played last year, but this season, he's leading that draft class and scoring. Looking up at all the like the guys like Quinn Byfield, I think, is gonna be a fine player in this league. But right now, I take Lundy over him. You look at like you said, Stutzle, Raymond, both great players. Stutzle could be good. They're both it, really good players. They're gonna have great to fully careers. Evaluate a guy who's uh, Anton Lindell. It's in some ways it's easier to evaluate a player who's been an in, impact contributor on a team that's going to the playoffs. It's harder to evaluate a guy like Tim Stutzle, who at age 19 is having to play big minutes on a team that's gonna struggle to win games. That's probably gonna be picking in the top four again. So looking at all that. I'm going to say top three safe. And that's because you look at Anton Lindell right now at 20 years old, you know if nothing else happened, he could be a a 3C or maybe even a 2C in this league for the next 15 years. And that's if nothing else changes, if he doesn't get better, which he's going to get better. His floor is very high. His floor is so high, and I think he's maybe the surest thing right now out of anyone in that first round. So I'm going to say I personally would maybe even consider first overall just looking at the other names and looking at needs and stuff like that. But I think if you take off the Homer hat a little bit and I, I separate myself a bit, I still still think definitely top three, four, probably top mm-hmm. three. Yep. 
somewhere so in that range. we can say right now, steal for the Panthers. Yep. No that, is, that is a pick I think at this point you can judge. It's, it hasn't been that long since that draft, but I think you can judge that already as a steal for the Panthers. Well, and I we've said it before, and this is sort of unrelated, but the Rangers, they need secondary scoring. Part of the reason they aren't getting the secondary scoring that they need is because they're waiting on some guys to take off, and they haven't. One of those is Alexi Lafreniere that went number one in that draft. The Panthers, part of the reason they're having so much success is they have the deepest roster in the Eastern Conference and maybe in the league. Part of the reason they have the deepest roster in the league is because a guy like Anton Lindell's coming in made such a splash so soon. So, Josh T., good question about the 2020 draft. Gina, your favorite Lundy moment from this season. Okay, I am... There have been a few. I think it was when Anton Lindell gained his confidence and he scored his first goal and that's Selly celebration and then he took off from there. He has put up not only so many points, but he's definitely one of the top contenders for the Calder Trophy this year. I would love to see Anton Lindell like just take it to the next level the rest of the season and really continue to... That line three, that's why I want Sam Reinhardt on the podcast. That line three. Because we just had Mason just, Marchment. So we, yeah. just, just, we need to go back through the whole line again. Yeah, that whole new line segment right now is cooking. Like they are serving up some hot plays and they're, and they're getting feisty down there. And I really think that Anton Liddell, not only is he a key contributor to the whole team, but just watching such a young player develop so quickly and play with the big boys, like, Give, I give him props. He's only 20. He's younger than me. Yeah, and closing thought on that is, obviously, like you said, there's so much to like about Lundy, but I did that Q&A with Sam Reinhardt in Chicago a couple of days ago, and I asked him, because we were talking about his whole career, so he's talking about all the great veterans that helped him out when he was you know, 18, 19, 20, and I said, you know, you're on that line with Lundy. Do you kind of feel like that guy for him? And he basically laughed and said, like, that's literally the worst example ever just because, like, that dude's a veteran. That dude's the, the most mature 20 year old I've ever seen. Like I'm learning from him. Like that. that's, it's crazy to hear that from a guy like Sam Reinhardt talking about a guy like Anton Lindell. So just more and more reasons to love Anton. I feel like every week on the show, we're, we basically take five minutes to just talk about how great Anton Lindell is. I said it last night on the broadcast, Billy, Billy Lindsay and I were talking about it. And with Anton Lindell, the points are great and you know, all that, but the defensive reads that he makes shows you how beyond his years he is. When you think the game that way and when you are that confident in the defensive zone and when you are that confident anticipating plays, that shows the sky truly is the limit. And I think it was on Marchman's first goal in Minnesota when he had that hat trick that Lundy didn't get an assist on the play, but when, when Sam Reinhart sent that you know centering pass to, to Marchie for that goal in the slot, uh, it was a kind of a blink and you'll miss it thing, but Lundy was right there to lift Seth Jones' stick up in the slot to kind of clear that passing lane. That's those little, little mm. plays. They don't show up in the box score. They don't show up score, in the, in the box difference. score. But yeah, but it, for a 20-year-old to do that, that's just absolutely huge. So good question, well, Josh We went T. long on that one. We're going to try to try to speed, speed him up it up here a bit here. So through. question four. From Hush. Gina for marketing. This is Jeff in Boca Raton, frequent contributor to the world famous Twitter segment. Oh, by Boca the way. Raton! I'm from Boca. Five, so is six, one. Gina for marketing okay. from Boca Raton. Five six one. That's too long go. a title, so we're gonna keep it. Palm Gina Beach. for marketing. <laughs> Parentheses from Boca Raton. Oh God! Now they know my area code. <laughs> They're really gonna find <laughs> me. Um, that narrows it down. All right. This is fake Jadega. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Oh wow! I'm. Sorry. Oh, I, I'm guessing it looks. Nailed like it. We're, we're gonna say it. you nailed it. Well, or Jake from Broca or Jake from State Farm, whatever we're going with. How many players on the Panthers have at least one hockey trading card of themselves? It would be interesting to know. Does Doug or Jameson have any cards of current Panther players? I am going to guess that Some just probably. about everybody has at least something. And I would guess that their families probably yeah. gather them up. Uh, 
from what I've gathered over the years uh, in baseball, and maybe because it's so ingrained, I feel like there are more card collectors within baseball yes. than there are in mm -hmm. any other sport. Yes. You're starting to see some in football. And, uh, you know, there are a couple in NASCAR that have gotten to be really well known uh, that, that really are into the cards. You don't really hear about it much in hockey, but I'm sure a lot of guys have it. As for uh, ourselves, Jameson, you have more than I do. I'm a yes. I'm a big time collector, but uh, current hockey stuff is probably what I collect the least. Mm -hmm. If I'm being totally honest, I have some Panthers stuff, some Huberdos and Barkovs, but uh, if I the hockey stuff I collect tends to be old. Yep. So, but that's because I'm just an old soul. So, like, I have a I have a good amount of Barky and Hubie and Atkins stuff, and that's just because it's it's going up in price, but you could get it cheap for a while because mm -hmm. we were the best kept secret in the NHL for a long time. Um, but I also love to go back and I go on eBay and I'll buy like you know an Alexander Petrovich auto for two dollars or a Mark Pizik auto for a dollar fifty, and I just love to buy those because not so much for the collecting aspect, but I know one day I'm going to get old because I am currently doing that every day. I'm getting older. Gina, Gina being here. As the oldest Gina, one here right Gina, now, I yeah. understand. <laughs> looking at Gina right now, I, I feel like I'm getting gray just looking at Gina since Gina's 22 and I am 34. This is the generational gap episode of yes, Territory. Yes, it is. has been waiting <laughs> to say that since we started having that conversation on the way here. Gina's keeping us young and cool. But on that, I will say, I just know that one day I, I just want to like, ho hopefully have, you know, just people in my life, kids, whatever it may be. And each of those cards will kind of be like a fun memory because I know all those guys. We worked with all those guys. So I'm not collecting the Mark Pizzic auto to, you know, sell it someday. I'm collecting it to pull it out of like a freaking box in the, the attic one day and have like someone say, who's that guy? And I'm like, oh, Mark Pizzic. And I'll have a couple fun stories from, you know, our time covering him. So they're, they're little, you know, time capsules really is what I think they are. But uh, if you can buy Alexander auto. Uh, but if you can, buy Alexander Barkov autographs right now because those are going to go up in price over the years. They are, and you can tell more people are buying them as somebody who uh, monitors that stuff on a daily basis. I do I do keep track of it, and uh, they're getting fewer and farther between, and they are definitely there definitely aren't as many deals as there used to be. So jump on those now if you want them, folks. Gina, do you collect anything? Um, so Not cards, anything. Do I, anything? Do I collect anything? Do you think I'm obsessively I, collect anything? No, I don't obsessively collect anything. I do have a memory box, so I really appreciate that little tag. Oh, yeah, like like when I got my like acceptance letter for working here in the memory box. Like, Aww. um, I did have when you an, got the the DM to be on territory talk. Uh, you screenshotted it, printed I'm it, and gonna, put it in the memory I'm gonna box. have to. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> actually probably record this and keep it on a flash drive and put it in the memory box because. If we can make the memory box, I feel like that's the Hall of Fame for working yeah. oh, at the Panthers. Oh, wow. Making Gina's memory box. Oh, my God. Don't we flatter have me We like have that. goals now, which is good. It's good to have goals. Well, also, I think, like, back to the playing cards, I think probably all the players will have their rookie cards, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, because they, they also rookie. get delivered yeah. X amount to sign and things like that. That's another thing. Anton Lindell's probably about to sign a 1,000 Future Watch cards for SP yeah. here. So that's going to be fun, fun to ask him about. Just me one of those, please. As the oh, they count them. They probably they count, count all those. They'll know if Anton's holding back, oh, <laughs> sliding us some cards. Um, but moving along, thank you, fake Jadega. Jeff and Boca Raton. Jeff and Jeff Boca Raton. Um, next question. It's a, this is a pretty simple one. At Camera Mike JS, when do you see the Panthers calling Spencer Knight back up? This is going to be my favorite topic to talk about because I love the Spencer Knight goalie topic. So this is your your area of expertise. Um, well, I always ask Pete. When do you think Pete, they're going to come? Pete also for marketing. Pete also now for marketing. If you go yes. all the way back to the earliest episodes, the infancy of territory. People talk, remember Pete. Pete was on the early episodes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Pete was there. 
Pete's still here, just behind yeah, the scenes. He's a foundational member of Territory yep. Talk. Back there wouldn't today. be a Territory Talk without Pete. Nope. Building he, block. He, he passed the torch to me yes. today. This is the he new generation. Like, it took like, like four years to pass that torch. <laughs> he was like, fly, child, fly. But I always ask Pete about Spencer Knight. I love seeing the kid play. I think he is such a great goalie for someone who's 20. So I, I asked him, I was like, are they going to come up on this road trip? Like, we've been playing Bob like four days in a row. Like, I, I want to see him back in action. I it's miss him. I, it's today the day. Um, but on that, Doug, it, I'll take when it will first. the day be? That's what we're being asked. Plain and simple when you need to. Because Sergei Bobrovsky, has, he's having a Vesna caliber season. He's the number one guy. This is what number one goalies do. They play every night. He's going to play a lot of games. And as long as there's not a back-to-back, I can tell you right now, Sergei Bobrovsky, he would say he's ready to go for all 82 if they were going to allow him to play all 82. Yeah. So I think this scenario is perfect. Sergei Bobrovsky playing all the hockey. You've got Spencer Knight developing. Let's not forget, I know he had great games in the playoffs. I love the future, the potential of, Sp- of Spencer Knight. He's 20 years old. He's got to play. He is 20 years old. Last year, he was playing college hockey, and there's a big development process, and it benefits him to play, and that's what he's getting the opportunity to do is go down there and play and get as many reps as he can, and he is going to be an all-star for a long time. But right now, with Sergei Bobrovsky carrying the flag, if you will, I think this is the Mm best-case scenario. You have Sergei playing like the game-breaking goaltender that he is. You've got Spencer Knight playing every night and developing. You've got a veteran guy who can back up. Jonas Johansson, that can be a tough position at times when you're the backup goalie and you've got another guy. You you remember for a long time, nobody knew who Peyton Manning's backup was because Peyton Manning never missed a start. Yeah. It can be a tough job to be the backup goaltender to a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky, who's playing as much as he is, but he's a veteran guy. He's, you know, going into his late 20s. If Jonas Johansson goes stretches without playing, it's not going to stunt his development. He's a pro. He's in a, he, he knows how to keep himself in game shape. Right now, the Panthers have the ideal scenario. Yeah, and one thing I'll say, just to add, you've said everything right there, but um, Spencer Knight right now with Charlotte in the AHL, 5-1-0 with a 9-2-3 save percentage. That's what they love to see. He's developing. He's playing well down there. If I don't think you want to mess that up just to have him start one game in a month up in the NHL. So like you said, as long as Bob's feeling good and Spencer's playing well down there, I think it's a perfect kind of balance right there. And, of course, if they need him, yeah. he'll be there. He's if not you, going anywhere. If you need him, he's there. We saw he's capable. He can step in and play if you need him to. But for him to be there and get the reps, and hey, you can practice all you want. And I'm not saying that being in the National Hockey League, even if he wasn't playing games, sure it would help. To, it would, you know, he could learn things from practicing with NHL players and taking shots against NHL shooters. But being down there, competing, helping a team win games. That means so much to his development. He's still in his first full professional season, and I think the scenario right now is the ideal one, like I said. So, right, we're, uh, we're he's ch- having fun down in the yep. HL. Yeah, and, I, and we're rooting for Charlotte, too. It's, it's He's, he's big in get, helping Charlotte get some wins here, which is nice to see. Yeah, I've, and I've, They're in the hunt down there, too. And I've never been to the Bojangles Coliseum. When I was in the AHL, they still played where the, uh, where the uh, Hornets play. So it was a different configuration. I just that like that place. name, the Bojangles Coliseum. Yes. Cole Schwint, um, he, one of the... 
AHL guys. He tweeted the funny. Is that Schwin- his name? Schwin- 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 Nicole Schwinney. He's a fr- Schwinney. He's a friend of the program. She's been on Panthers Pipeline. Yep. Yeah, Cole Schwinney. Um, he tweeted if you go to his profile, he's like, "Hey, at SLK Night, like at Spencer Knight's thing." He's like, "Big fan, like big fan," and it was like the cutest like thing because I love. There's seeing- a great culture right now yeah. in Charlotte. The guys love playing yeah. there, so it's a good place to be. They're having a little bromance. They're having a, they're having a great time. I think he's having fun. Looking, at, looking at the IGs of guys like Schwint and Logan Hutzko and Henry Bowlby and all those guys, they, they have a good time in Charlotte. It is a wonderful part. It's a of nice the world. place to develop. Yeah. Wonderful part of the world. All right, so thank you thank for you, that, Camera Mike JS. Next All right. one. Next question. Tom R., who do you think finishes with the most goals on the Panthers this season? Barkov. Okay, so <laughs> look at, looking at it right now, Barkov has 23, Benny has 22, and Duclair has 20. Reinhardt also in the race with 18. Huberto is there with 17. Verhage 16. Then you get to Eck with 14, and it starts to go down from there. But like you said, Barky's goals have come in just 38 games. He's, you know, goals per game. He's leading right now. He's going to get the most opportunities. He's going to get the most minutes. That being said, I think it's not fun to just pick Barky, but you can be not fun and just pick Barky. Yeah, I'm not a fun guy. We've established <laughs> that. I'm not I'm not a fun person. Well, that's why I'm here. I have a different answer than I, Doug. I'm going to go off the grid here, and I'm going to say, it's tough because he's five behind Barky right now, but I'm going to have fun and say, Sam Reinhart has a big second half charge and just beats Barky by like a goal or two. And that's because Sam's heating up, obviously, but also on the power play. He's getting a really good opportunity right there on PP1 now in that spot, kind of that net front presence. I think he could have maybe maybe lead the team in power play goals the second half. It's just how many even strength goals can he get to go along with that? I'm gonna, that's my, my dark horse. I'm going to say the stars align and Sam goes on a charge there and takes over Barky's spot. But if I actually had to bet money on it, if my life was on the line, I'd say Barky. Yeah, if Barkov didn't miss that stretch of time, I mean, he he could be sniffing 50. Yeah, which is good to know for the future. And he can... He's in that world. And sometimes he, score, he can score goals in his sleep sometimes. <laughs> I mean, he is that good, and that shot is that dangerous, and he can do it from anywhere. So... And he's got the moves too. He can beat you in any way possible. But so I just a, I can't. A new I really can't though. look at it and say a anybody new, but Barkov. A new challenger though entered the race last night, and that's Radko Gudis. Number I one. I was so excited for him. That that was a great moment. I have been waiting for that all season long, and I jumped with joy when I saw that happen. And Gudis knows what he is. He knows what he brings to the game, and he's really great at what he brings to the game. But he gets. Like, like we were talking last night, two or three goals a year. So it's got to feel really good knowing that's kind of your, your 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 tier right there and you get the one. It's got, it's got, that's got to be a great feeling. He's been taking those slap shots, yeah, man. Yeah, he I came mean, close I on the road him. trip. Yeah, he's he's been, he's been. So dark, another dark horse, Radko Gudis just goes on an absolute insane Rampage. tear in the second half. Just Eric Carlson's it up, starts just going coast to coast every time he gets the puck and catches up with everyone. Tom R., thanks for the question. I'm I'm gonna go with Sam Bennett, but that's but we don't need to finish mine. I like that one. I like Sam Bennett. I'm gonna go with the. That's other a good side. one because also let's not forget he's Sam, right there. Sam was a little cold for a bit the last couple of games. Got a goal last night, but even with that little cold streak, 22 goals, only one behind Barky. So there's a very good shot that Sam Bennett also. He's fast, man. Yeah, he can make it happen. He gets those greasy goals. Well, you know what we're seeing benefit the Panthers too. Last thought on this. They're winning so many games that the opponent is pulling the goaltenders so much that a lot of guys are yep. getting it's those be who empty can, netters. It's that's got to be fun. Empty netters, yeah. yep, that's yeah. got to be fun. Those add up. It was it two or three years ago we just couldn't get any empty netters? I remember that. We just never never converted on the empty net. It's uh, it's good feeling when the guys can get those get those empty netter goals and points. But uh, Tom R., thanks for the question. Four questions left, Gina, uh, from marketing. From marketing, comma, Gina, what do you have next for us? I, I, I will go as fast as I can. I know I'm... I'm Eating up some time here. At Sir Braun 227, Jameson, 
What was your favorite video game of 2021? Totally skipped me. I think the people just know you're not a gamer yeah. at this point. They've learned. They've listened enough. Doug to... watches old movies and like walks on the And beach. Golden Girls. <laughs> the gym and Golden Girls. The two Gs of Doug Plagans. Yeah. to say. And uh, video games, like my Sega Genesis still works. Jameson, what do you play? Um, so it says favorite game of 2021. The problem is no good games really came out in 2021. None. The pandemic kind of messed up that year for game production. Things got pushed a lot. But honestly, I just haven't had a lot of time lately. But when I do, I just play NHL, which is very boring. Just to say that, you work for an NHL team and you play NHL 22. But if I had to pick a game that I enjoyed, that I picked back up in 2021, I enjoyed the new Mario Party. I had a couple people over and played Mario Party a couple times. Can I go on a video game tangent? How long is it going to take? Like two seconds. We'll give you a two-second tangent. Everybody talks about NHL 94 as if it was the gold standard and that was the one that laid the groundwork and everything. You can't fight. It's the only one you couldn't fight. And how is that the best one if you couldn't fight? I know it was the first one the Panthers were in. Nostalgia has been kind to it. And the soundtrack was great, but you can't fight. What was the... like? NHL hits was the best. NHL 93... You know, in NHL 93, my friend and I would play. We'd come from school. We'd, we would set, we'd be the expansion Lightning against the expansion Senators because they had, like, five guys on each roster who were 99 and fighting because that's who got picked in the expansion. Doug is very animated teams. right now. And we would, A lot we, of hand you movements. You had to play those guys, and there it would. we would just try to see how many combined penalty minutes we get. The games would take forever. And I think we, we need to set up you and Gina in NHL 94. Um, I wasn't even born in '94, so exactly. It means you're coming in. You're coming in fresh. I like I, NHL '94. I had it. I remember. I remember getting the game. I remember playing it a ton. But I just remember thinking, "Man, I hope they put fighting back in next year," and they did. He was. He was a little upset. That that, that stems that, from that, somewhere. That was that was a Doug Grant right there. I like hockey fights. <laughs> All right. Well, thank we, you, Sir Braun. Game of Thrones name right there. Uh, we got Rob S. With 50 games down. Or it could be Rob's, plural. It could be multiple Rob's asking this question. A whole committee of Rob's. <laughs> the Rob's got together and asked this question, Gina. <laughs> Everyone named Rob just got in a group text and yes. wanted to submit this one. So, Rob S., with 50 games down, which awards do you think the Panthers are going to win? Let's just go through these quick. The uh, candidates. Huberto's in the Hart and Art Ross mix. Obviously, yes. the Art Ross involves leading the league in points, so you'll know if he wins that yes. one. The heart, uh, we'll see how things Some go. Anton Lindell in the Calder Trophy mix. Ekblad in the Norris Trophy mix. Uh, you've got Barkov in the Selkie mix, and that's going to be a theme. Bobrovsky could be in that Vesna yep. conversation. I think there are two shoe-ins, though, and it's nobody on the ice. I think it's Andrew Burnett for the Jack Adams, and I think it's Bill Zito for GM of the Year. I agree with everything there, except it's never a shoo-in for GM of the Year, no matter how much he deserves it, and should have won it last year. Because because of this question, I went back and did some research, and basically the problem with the Jim Gregory, and it, I consider this a problem, is it's not voted on until after the second round of the playoffs. It is not a regular yeah, a season flaw. award. The rest of them have to be in yes, at the end of the regular season. it is season. not a regular season award. Because I went back, and obviously no one had a better season as a GM than Bill Zito had last year with the moves completely revamping this entire roster doing so many moves that worked but then you have a guy like Lou Lamorello who you know makes a trade for like Kyle Palmieri and he scores some goals in the playoffs and the Islanders advance and he gets the award for the second straight year and it's because it is a playoff award it, it regular season does not factor in this award it's become a playoff award and I went back and looked and over the last I think it was 15 years only one GM has won that award without winning a playoff round so you have to win at least the first round in the playoffs to even be in consideration for that award. No matter what you we could we could set a new record for most points ever in a regular season, but you still gotta win that first round of the playoffs to get those votes. Now I have a Jack Adams vote, and if I don't get it in, 
by, I think it's usually like you know, you have to have and that's it how in. it should be done. You have to have it in before the playoffs start. Or your vote doesn't count. Well, look, look at look at the the the, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they got some GM of the year votes last year, and that was not a very well built team compared to the rest of the league. But they made a miracle run in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. won those first two rounds. So everyone immediately says, "Oh, give him some GM votes. He must have done something." But I also think there's something to the GM of the year award. It's in a way, kind of like the Selkie. We talked about this a little bit Reputation. today. But it's like you have the one season, the one worthy season where you were good enough to win the award. That gets you into the club. And then the next year, if you do it again, then you win it. That's almost how this works. Yeah. And that's why and I Bill's think Bill's in, in the door this year. Now, yeah. Because last year was his get into the mix season, even though he... Very well, could have won it last year. Should have won it. That was his. That was Salty. his get. In, yes, that was his get into the mix season. This year's his win it season. And I think Andrew Burnett, by the time this thing's said and done, he will have coached seventy five regular season games. I think and he is going to be uh, the Jack Adams. One winner. awards we did leave out the President's Trophy, best record in the regular season. Very much in the mix for that as well, of yeah. course. Uh, Gina, history would NHL, tell you that that's not imperative to win. Yes. No. It's also kind of jinx, so maybe we don't want that. It's uh, History would tell you that you, maybe you don't want that one. But, hey, I'm all for getting the best record that you can because the more home ice you can have, especially when you're the Panthers and you have the home record they have, the better. I like bringing all these back because Gina starts these off. She gives us the question. We kind of ramble on for a bit. And then I like bringing them back to Gina at the end each time. So, Gina, what was the greatest award you ever won? Oh, okay. So when and I and I assume it's in the memory box. It it is because my mom, my mom, like kind of started that with the scrapbooks and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think the greatest award I have ever gotten was my Sun Sentinel Award when I was in kindergarten for being like like the best one in my class or something like that. Like I, I don't the even, best the best one, just the like, best, just like best like, person in your it class. It was like it was like the character counts award. Oh. You got a character counts award, mm-hmm. and my mom has always raised me on the principle that like your character is like and no one should ever judge your character or anything and you you're a good character and be like a woman of morals and stuff like that so when i won the character counts award that's like really like the first thing i've ever like won i don't i never really won like and doug and i can vouch for your character you yeah looking back definitely deserved i definitely deserved it in kindergarten it's because i helped someone get up from tripping i think oh like my family friend alex yeah that's a great award we should we need to get that out here at the panthers organization the character award? The Cats Character Counts Award. Yeah. Um, two questions left, Gina. Let's just skip that second to last one. We don't have time for that. And I know Doug's got thoughts on that. We'll save those for another day mm-hmm. when we get a little bit closer. Oh, I was going to. Was, it wasn't he was going to go in it wasn't on that just question. His, it wasn't just his question. There have been, over the course of the whole first And I like leaving season, this a mystery for there fans. There have been a number of those. Tune in next and week. Yeah. I was ready to roll, and I can't believe you're pulling that rug out from under me. But I'll let you do that for right now. Because that's just, I feel like that's a 20-minute rant for you. That's not a quick rant. That's a whole segment. That's oh, a segment. I was, and we, that, that day is coming closer, so I once we get a bit closer. up for this one. So we're just going to go right to the last one, which is a much fluffier, fun one that Doug is not going to go crazy on. But Doug has a lot of thoughts on that this That last one. one wasn't going to be fluffy, nor was it going to be that fun. That previous one was not. Fun this one for is. me. Fun and fluffy for me. I don't know about for anybody else. If you could tell in the tone of Doug's voice right now, you should feel the energy radiating yes. off his body that Jameson just pulled that question that yes. you will have to tune in for. I just don't think we have time for Doug's no. rage on that. Yeah. I got to get back to marketing, Doug. Serious. 
It's something I've wanted to address, and today was going to be the day, and now Gina, I can't. Gina needs to go outside and start wrapping some buses with some playoff ads and things like that. She's got places to be, Doug. We can't keep her here I all day. I have concerts to run. Yes. And gifts to give, okay? All right, so last question here. Last question. Stick the landing, Gina. Let's go. You can At do this. Iris Daisy Brock, do you have any other NHL teams you like, and have you been to any other arenas for a game? Doug, since you're still running hot, start this off. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, any other arenas for a game? I've been to all of them except for Seattle and the New Islanders Arena. Yep. Um, Ubis. Those were new this year. So, I've, I've been to all of them except for those. Uh, as far as other teams I like, uh, if, people look, if people look me up, and I get this once or twice a year, and it even caused a discrepancy with a, an email situation with the NHL a, a couple of years back, my my cousin, Dr. Doug Plagans, he's the Red Wings team orthopedic. And uh, so I do. So on that note, yes, I and I grew up in Detroit. And if it doesn't affect the Panthers, I like to see them have success because there's a family tie. Uh, and, and if I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I saw your name. Or who's this? There's a guy with the same name as you in the Red Wings staff director. Well, yeah, it's my cousin. We're the only two known Doug Plagans, uh, I believe, at this point in time. So, uh, it's it, I do root for them for the family interest for the family tie there. But uh, also, I've said this before. My family, my family had season tickets to the Red Wings growing up. Mm-hmm. I was there when they won the cup in '97. I was there when they won the cup in '02. I was there for the brawl with the Avalanche on March 26, 1997, which I still hold is the greatest regular season game that's ever been played in the history of professional sports. Over time, two best teams, two historically great teams. You knew the winner was going to go to the final. It was such a special time mm-hmm. to be a hockey fan and to be able to see Steve Eiserman. Now's a special time. And Sergey Fedorov and Brendan Shanahan. Don't forget about us. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just saying, Nick Lidstrom. Live in those, the now. Those were the teams that cultivated my love for the sport. Mm-hmm. That's, Which these Panthers teams, I think, are doing yes, now for and a I think new they're generation. doing that for a lot of people. But... The little, second, little, little dugs in the stands the these days. The second that you start working for a team, you're full. You know, like uh, people have asked me, oh, you, you grew up in Detroit. You were a Red Wing fan growing up. Yeah, I was a Red Wing fan growing up. And I, I cherish those times. And those were the teams that made me love hockey. Mm-hmm. But when you start working for a team, it goes beyond any level of conventional fandom that I can explain to anybody. Mm-hmm. That emotional investment goes beyond anything that you ever felt as a fan. When you are going to work, every I think day, Doug likes working with two hosts because he gets place. to go back. He gets to turn both. He's getting ways. an ab workout in right yeah. now. Yes, like the adductor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where I, that's where I'm at. I like I said because of the family tie, because of the great memories from my childhood. Yep. If it doesn't affect the Panthers in any way, then yeah, I wish the Red Wings the best. That's so the only other team I pay that, any attention. Funny you that's say that because okay, really first, the only other team I think like that about. Any other arenas? I'd say I've probably been about half at this point through road trips. Probably about half, and they're all—it's always a good time. Um, but do you have any other NHL teams you like? So I grew up an Islanders fan on Long Island. No love for the Isles anymore because, like you said, it just kind of fades away when you start working. But one team I do enjoy for multiple reasons is I do enjoy the Red Wings, and it's not for no—I have no ties to the Red Wings. Like you have, you know, ties. You grew up in the area. You grew up a Red Wings fan. But I think my biggest thing with the Red Wings is. Two things. One, it's the best press meal in the league. Oh, my goodness. Because 
So just so listeners know, when you go to a press meal at Little Caesars Arena, because oh it is goodness. because it is Little Caesars Arena. So when you start down like the cafeteria line, it starts very normal. It's like salad, fruit salad. You have like a, a meat of maybe like a chicken. It get it looks very healthy at the beginning, but the farther down you go, and I think Doug, you know, coined this term. It's a, it's an eight year old's birthday party. I gave it eleven, but yeah, it was an eleven year old birthday party. Eleven year old birthday party in the world. So the farther you get down, then it becomes chicken wings, French fries, Little Caesars pizza, pizza, tacos, hot dogs, ice cream, and then just when you think you can't have any more, like I said, ice cream with a topping bar. There's, they have topping bar what? with the ice cream. Gina, see, Gina, <laughs> I'm like, it is insane. Gina's it's now so looking, good. Yeah, I'm like, so, get me on the road, please. exactly. It, it is, and then last time I was there, they also had pretzel sticks with like like soft pretzels with cheese. It is the like if if us three worked at the like Little Caesars Arena, we'd probably all be eight thousand pounds. Like, I don't know. I walk past employees that work there, and I don't know how they're not all huge because that media meal, like I could not contain and myself I if love, I had access to that every day. Love, love, love Little Caesars pizza. Yes, love it. But it's well. It's also like it's it's a it's a challenge every time we're there because they do give you the healthy options, but you're never taking the healthy you're options. Like, I'm going to the end. You're going to the I'm end. Going where the party I'm going is, to the B day okay? party at the end. <laughs> so that is reason number one why I love the Red Wings. But number two is one. I just it's a historically pretty cool franchise, Hockey Town. I, I like the logo. I like the I jerseys. I love anything original six. I like Detroit as a city, but. There's a thing that happens in any sport, but I know it's obviously in hockey because we work in hockey. And anytime a franchise has success, either the franchise or the fan base, they always become a little insufferable in some ways. Whether it's an ego or an arrogance or a, you can never come at them because, yeah, we won, so it doesn't matter now, this type thing. You see that now with like the Lightning. That's going to happen there recently. You see with other teams that have won. The Detroit Red Wings, who have every right to have an ego and be arrogant, that fan base for all the success they had for all those years— I never get that from Detroit fans. They are the nicest fans. I never, they, there's not really any troll Detroit fans as far as that I've seen. There's troll fans for a lot of other teams. I don't really see any troll Detroit fans on Twitter just, you know, sticking their nose in things and being, you know, riling things up. And even right now where, you know, the Red Wings aren't probably making the playoffs this season, you know, they're, they're not having, you know, a great year in terms of the standings. But people recognize the progress. But fans say, you know what? That's still fine. We're still going to games because we like Mort Sider. We like Lucas Raymond. We like Stevie Wyron and things. We see the, the big picture. We made the playoffs for 20-plus straight years, but this is still pretty cool as well. They support. They, they come out and support regardless. And like I said, just the fact that they're all just nice to deal with, and you don't find that everywhere. And i I, I got to give a stick tap to It's every- a really special sports market, and I'm biased because I grew up there, but it is a really special sports and market. And i got to tell our fans listening right now, you're great right now, but if this team does win the Cup, knock on wood, we got to remember, we got to stay humble. Let's stay humble here. On territory. Sit Talk. down. Be humble. <laughs> yeah, can you sing a lyric? Are we gonna get sued? Is that gonna is that gonna oh, pop up? No, no, no. Are we, no, is that no. copyright? No, I think you're good. I think you're you good, could Gina. Bleep me out. Bleep me out. <laughs> well, Gina, have you been to any other NHL arenas and how do they compare to your experience here? Unfortunately, I have not. Never none? I, no, I mean not Oh God, no, I haven't. I haven't seen a game. I haven't been to another arena. I'm Florida born and raised. I we think, gotta get you on the road. I know. Get me on the road. I think the most I've ever traveled is like FTX, but that's only the heat and stuff. Down like, the road. Yeah, but I haven't gone to another city to go see a show. I haven't gone to another city to go see a game or anything like that. So I definitely want to go check them out. That's definitely on my bucket list now that I work in this space. But can I go to the team that I like? Yeah. I, I, I do like a team. Please say the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think they're cool. Okay, I, we'll take it. I, I'll, I'll give them like a stamp of approval yep. from Gina. And I also feel like we're saying that because the Red Wings are only threatening us right now. But once they become, you know, the, the, their rebuild finishes, then we're like, man, I hate the Red Wings. And they are going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I like the Kraken. Oh. I I like the Kraken. Well, you do work in marketing, and I, they're, they're all new and flashy. I think they're new, flashy, cool, but I will never forget when we were on the road and we first went there, and I'm listening to the announcer in the Kraken Bowl being like, Seattle Kraken, and it's like the most- Look out, Andrew Embers. We have a challenger. Like, but it is just like the most like Seattle thing. Like mm-hmm. It's so like mesmerizing to see. Plus- like I love our boys, don't get me wrong, but like they gave us a run for our money two games. Like they the they only beat team us. to sweep the Panthers yeah, this season. Be the only one all year. <laughs> yeah, and like and they're a mishmash of a team. And I I like Jordan Eberle when he was on the Isles because my family's a whole Isles fan. But I, I I like the Kraken. I like to see that they could take us on and leave us no mercy. Good for them. And just just a little. It's good for them. Yeah, they get a little ego boost, and then yeah. they go on their way. Yeah, there you they go. They slither back into Seattle land. <laughs> that's a good one. That's, that's that, I like that you used your, your marketing knowledge to, to make that pick. Yeah. That's what I, I get you on here for your expertise. For my for my marketing expertise. Yes. But I think you also have a future in podcasting. This was great. Do you have any questions? You read everybody else's questions. Do you have a question yeah, you have for a question? us? Yeah. Oh God! How did I do, guys? Did I? Do I think okay? you did well. I think we'll invite you back. Oh, yeah. oh! For future mailbags. Is that a promise? We'll have to talk to the committee. But the committee, yeah. the committee of Jameson Olive yes. and Doug Plagans. Yes, we will. We'll get this segment sponsored. No, I had I had a really fun time doing this, and we will definitely get with corporate partnerships to get my butt back on territory talk and yeah, get it sponsored. That's what people want. Yeah. Give the fans what they want. Me. <laughs> we're all about giving the people. Doug and what I were they already want. talking about. This is basically the transition of we're slowly going to get phased out now, and this is going to become the Gina show probably within the next couple of months. Guys, if there's yeah, a spinoff the podcast, here, I'm worried. Yeah, Gina talk. There might be like an, a women in sports podcast like on the horizon for my oh. future. We can we can work something out. Maybe I'll just transition from marketing to podcasting. We do have some we? great women in sports that work here. Yeah, not we only do. Gina, so that could work too. Not only me. Let's not. So, if you want more Gina else. and you're listening, let us know on Twitter. Yeah, tweet. Tweet, tweet at tweet, the podcast tweet. at Doug Plagans at Jameson Olive. Get this girl back on the show. <laughs> Maybe I'll be the third host. I mean, Maybe. not to go too far, but Doug had a good time. I think he was looking at both of us. Doug, oh, Doug's and I a was so <laughs> ready to answer the question. Doug we likes didn't having answer. two people to work off. I, I, just, and, and I was so fired up to answer that question. We can't. <laughs> I like that we're leaving it yeah, out just there, stick though. around. There's some suspense, folks. There is some suspense. You're going to have to keep listening to Territory Talk every week because eventually, at some point in the next few weeks, we are going to touch on this topic. So don't miss that episode. Gina for Marketing, we thank you very much for stopping by. Oh, and I thank you guys very much for having me. Thanks for being here. We will have you back again sometime. Now let's get back into our regularly scheduled Territory Talk programming. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. Saw a couple of those coming in from people who are contributors on the world-famous Twitter segment on the radio. We thank you very much, everybody, for getting involved, no matter how you got involved. We thank you very much for uh, getting involved in the mailbag today. Again, if you want to ask a question in the future, you can always tweet us, at Doug Plagans, at Jameson. And we need more questions for reasons to get Gina for marketing back on the podcast. Yes, so uh, more questions equals future mailbag equals uh, Gina for marketing making an appearance again. Thanks to Gina yeah, for marketing great debut. for making great territory debut. talk debut. We thank her very much for her time. So the homestand coming up here for the Panthers as we now maneuver into the prediction portion. And remember, folks, uh, there was a, a question in there that we didn't touch on that uh, I will address at some point. In time. We just need more time. It's a hockey question. Yeah, it's a hockey question. Hockey question. Didn't have enough time. And uh, something that... Doug's even, passionate about. Even... 
it's in relation to the Panthers, but even not in relation to the Panthers, just something that big really question. gets me gets me going. And uh, it's a question that we see a lot, and I don't mind the question being asked. I understand where it comes from, but we're going to talk about it at some point. <laughs> I have thoughts. This homestand, there are four games remaining. Uh, you've got the Panthers hosting the Blue Jackets tomorrow at 7. The Panthers and the Oilers Saturday at 1230. And this Panthers team is very exciting. And you should be excited to just come out and see this Panthers team play. But a chance to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl come to town. The only game in the regular season. They will be here in Sunrise. You don't want to miss that on Saturday, 1230 in the afternoon. So you get your whole day ahead of you afterwards. You oh, yeah. Do whatever you want afterward. And then uh, a week from tomorrow, the Panthers will host Ottawa, 7 o'clock. And then a week from Saturday, the Panthers will have the Red Wings coming in. That's March 5th. We're going to be turning the page into March. That's going to be a 6 o'clock game. So as far as the prediction game, Jameson, is concerned, there are only two games that apply here in this prediction segment. Um, The Blue Jackets tomorrow and then the Oilers coming in on Saturday. And then we will have another episode of Territory Talk after that. So it's a two-game segment for predictions. I am not going to toot my horn here, but perseverance paid off for me. And for it, it paid off for me and Aaron Eckblad together. We got it done. My Twitter blew up after that goal. I was, Every, I was probably knew, a reason for it. Everyone knew what was on the line there. And that's, that's on me for being too generous and... I, I, I got sensitive to your plight. I felt bad that you kept you kept pushing forward that and getting no points, so I gave you four. It's more than I should have given you, but now here you are. And my safe pick came true, too. I just predicted for one point Alexander Barkov would score a goal. He got a goal. Okay. So that moved me to seven, but you went from four to eight. I've taken And I've taken a late lead here. We're just we're past the midway point of the season now. That, that's a big one-point lead there for you. So everyone's feeling a little sorry for me. They're feeling a little excited for you. It depends on what t- it, it depends on what side. Don't feel sorry for him. It depends on, it depends on like what side months. you're on. Um, but that's because I, I played smart and I didn't. But, you know, that just goes to show you. Sometimes the prediction game, you, you just got to you never know what can happen. So I feel it's unpredictable. I, I, this is the first time I feel threatened in this game. I feel like my back's against the wall. I feel like I need to make some moves here. All right. What are you going to do? Oh, so, yeah, like I said, Doug now leads 8-7. Some big games coming up. I need to go big points here. I'm going to say Jonathan Huberto oh. has more points in that game against the Oilers than Dreisaitl and McDavid have combined in that game. Combined? Yes. What would you give me for that? So... Basically, it's if somebody went to you and said, you want Huberto or you want McDavid and Dreisaitl, and you're taking Huberto's production. So if they tie, nothing. Nothing. Got to be more. Got to be more. Give you three for that. I feel like it's a good, a solid three. Yeah. That's that's two guys that also have 70 points against one guy with 72 points. I'm going to go low-hanging fruit this week. Well, because you can now. <laughs> I'm just going to say Jonathan Huberto gets a point. Oh good, okay, that no, no, you cannot do that. What do you mean? That, that's the first no, time. That that's is the first outlawed prediction. No, that of the is season. that is yes, because that is below the threshold for points. Like that is below the threshold. It's the National Hockey League points. Points are not for the points leader in the NHL. That is below the threshold to deserve one point. We'll say Alexander Barkov gets a point. 
No, that is also below the threshold. Two outlawed. You can predict goals if you want, but just to say, to say a guy that's a point over a point per game player gets a point because then you could just do that the whole season. I'm going to say that Aaron Eckblad. I did not expect that from you. That sort of that sort of dirty pool right there. I'm I'm got hey. That's bush league. Let's bring let's bring let's bring the bush league here to the the points game. (laughs) Dirtiest player in the game right here. No, come on. Me and Ric Flair, dirtiest player in the game. The the governing bodies refusing those. Governing bodies shot me down twice. (laughs) I am going to say that in these two games, Aaron Eckblad comes out of the two-game span plus two or better for this two-game sample size. So just the next two games, just yeah. Columbus and Edmonton. Yep. He'll, have be, a, he'll be at least plus two over the two-game span. Okay, one point. Yep. Okay. I'll I'm take big, that Because I'm a big plus-minus guy. I'll I'm take old that school. One. All right. So I'm trying to make a big move here to get back on top. You now are just defending the lead here. You're just gonna go for one point the rest of the season after going for. You the know, I was runs. gonna. What I almost was going to say. What? Sergey Borovsky will will make a save. <laughs> Probably gonna make like eighty of them, and and each is gonna be worth one point. Yep. <laughs> now that you're on top, you're just gonna change the governing. I'm just gonna game. start picking the easiest things possible. Well, we'll see because there I, will be an opening. If I flip off. the script this week and I come back and I get that lead back, I'm not gonna turtle like you're doing right now, and I'm gonna keep pushing forward because I have the I, the integrity of the league depends on it. <laughs> no, I, I hey, I this is new. This is uncharted. I just hope waters. this isn't a bad influence on our listeners that are also playing the game to try to try the moves you're trying. It's I, I don't think that, hey, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting front. Sometimes you. <laughs> Sometimes these are the lengths that you have to go to get to the top. <laughs> Doug is not a courteous front runner. He just the, the, this evil Doug has now come out. But you know what? I will overcome. I'm feeling evil it. Doug. I'm feeling it. Heel turn. <laughs> Hashtag evil Doug. Oh, but that'll do it for this week, Doug. That's it for this one. That's it for this edition. Territory Talk, as always, is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Big thanks, Gina, for marketing, for taking some time out of her schedule to stop by the program this week. Thanks to you, Jameson, for being here, as always. Yeah, and for showing up, telling me that I am playing the game wrong and stuff like that. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll see who's leading next week. Thanks, everybody, for the contributions on the mailbag. Thanks for listening, uh, Jameson and I. Uh, we 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 play the we play the role of adversaries here on Territory Talk, but we really are great friends. So don't worry, folks. We settle our differences, and we do it in the prediction game. Folks, that's it for this edition of Territory Talk. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Gina, for marketing for being here, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.